Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Inside Job with your hosts, Jess and John. Welcome back, everyone. We are on episode two on mindfulness and meditation. My name is John Vargo, and I am here with Jessica Shear, and we are ready to deliver this to you guys. So here we are. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for tuning in yet again for episode number two. And just a quick note, we will have a mini episode number three where John is going to guide us through a body scan meditation. Ideally, this is done laying down, so hopefully you're not driving for this. If you are driving, not a good idea. (laughs) If you are driving, go ahead and finish this episode. And then when you get home and you have some time, go ahead, have a nice little lay down, and we'll take you through that meditation. When I say we, I mean John. (laughs) All me. Yeah, it'll be great. So stand by today and uh, hopefully gain some information out of this. If there's anything that comes up, you guys have questions around, please feel free to contact us directly. I'd be more than happy to answer any questions you have around this subject matter. All right, let's do it. Let's begin. And just to get started, quick another quick note. Yes. I am very novice in the space of meditation and mindfulness and I'm really keen and eager to learn from John as I hope you are you are all as well so this is a beginning journey for all of us and I can't wait to get started and here we go all right John starting off who are mindfulness and meditation for it is for everyone anyone can benefit from this no matter uh, where you are in your life what you're doing in your life I work with athletes, first responders, uh, veterans, active duty military. Uh, I work with people that are struggling a little bit, so everyone can benefit from this. If you think of meditation or mindfulness as something to sharpen a tool or develop a skill to be better, um, then it is right for you. So everyone's welcome. Perfect. Okay. And John, we want to hear a little bit about your background and how you got into meditation and mindfulness. So go ahead and share with us a brief background on why this is important to you Yes. based on your past experiences as a firefighter. Okay. Um, Well, as I touched on in in episode one, uh, briefly describing uh, how I kind of got into it, but this was by pure accident. And, um, and I touched on a little bit until December of 2017, my wife and I went to a retreat at the Chopra Center. And that was the very first time I'd ever had any introduction to meditation. And I had no idea what it was, but I was willing to learn. And so went to that retreat and it just, it literally shifted me as I talked about before. It was just so impactful for me. And so that's when I started um, turning the nonprofit to deliver that. But through that journey, I went and became a certified meditation instructor through the Chopra Center and also through UCSD, through their MP program as a mindfulness instructor as well through there. And so through all of that training and journey, it is absolutely, I've learned so much about it um, and different styles of meditation that we'll be talking about today. And, um, you know, and different people that would benefit in different ways from different styles of meditation. So it's open to everyone. Perfect. And speaking of benefits... Why are the practices of mindfulness and meditation important? What are the benefits of these things? How can we all learn and grow from this practice? Um, so the benefits are many, and, and there's so much science and data around this information. Um, so it's easily looked up if you choose to Google it. Um, this is going to decrease your heart rate, decrease, decrease blood pressure, decrease your respirations. Uh, it's going to increase your uh, situational awareness at times. It's going to um, 
it's going to just make you a more calm person. You're not going to react in ways that you used to react in. Um, so this is all stuff that I'm like, ah, I don't know. I don't know about all this. <laughs> but, um, but as I started going through uh, my meditation and through the practices, these were changes I was noticing in myself that I started seeing within myself. And there's just so much benefit to it. And I, and I can get into the science of that now if you want. Um, so if you think about meditation as, um, as a tool and something we need to build and practice on. So when we work out, right, we, you know about working out. Right? A little. <laughs> so, but you know that you can't just do one thing one time and all of a sudden you've developed this great body and whatever you need to do, have biceps, you know, Arnold right. biceps, right? <laughs> so, um, and that's the same thing with meditation. So there's a term called neuroplasticity. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but basically it means our brain is malleable. It, it, it can change shape. Uh, and so like if you think back when you were a little kid, maybe you play piano, and as time goes by, if you have not played piano, then you are probably not going to remember that. And you've created new neural pathways, and that just kind of went away. Well, now if you were to pick up a, you know, a guitar, let's say, or whatever, learn something new, it would take repetitive practice to build those new neural pathways. And that's what we're doing with meditation. And so what's going on inside the brain, and I'll try to be like as basic as possible. Um, but if you imagine your brain, you have um, the stress brain, if you will, is in our limbic system, and it's a, the amygdala. And amygdala, we'll just call like our stress brain. And that's what reacts to um, what's going on with our stress. When we're stressed out, we're releasing cortisol and norepi and epinephrine. And so this activates, this just feeds that amygdala and we're constantly in this fight or flight state. Well, that was good back in like the caveman days when we were storing this negative information at a much higher amplitude. We still do it. It's called negativity bias. Um, and so that was there for our own survival and protection. Well, now there's so many things in our environment that are constantly activating the stressors in our body and our life. So these chemicals like cortisol and um, norepi, they, they definitely have an effect of what's going on in your brain. So the bigger your amygdala gets from all the stress you're under, and as a firefighter for 20 years, uh, I was under a lot of stress and uh, carrying a lot of that home with me, and, and that, that creates problems. <laughs> and I can tell you all about that. So um, maybe a conversation for another episode. But um, so what happens is um, when, our, when we're stressed out, we're really robbing blood to our prefrontal cortex. And our prefrontal cortex is what makes us human, right? It makes us to have thought. It's the CEO of our, of our brain, of our of Our, our conflict resolution skills, our yeah. decision making. Exactly. If you're happy. Yeah, exactly. And so if you're constantly stressed out and you're constantly in that stress brain, probably you're not making good decisions and you're not making yeah you're just not making good decisions and so what we've shown through not me but research uh through fmri scanners we're able to see that the blood flow of what's moving what's being activated in the brain in these different sections of the brain so um so norepi is a vasoconstrictor and so that constricts the blood vessels in your prefrontal cortex which essentially robs that area of blood and so over time, essentially, you will lose gray matter. It'll get smaller. And so, and now your amygdala is getting bigger, your prefrontal cortex gets smaller, 
and then cortisol has been shown to be neurotoxic to your hippocampus. So your hippocampus is a, a portion of your brain that has to do with memory and learning. And so if you find it harder to learn now or remember stuff, you may want to look at what's stressing you in your life. And so the good news is for all of these things going on in your body, there's definitely a remedy for that. And so that's our thoughts. And how can we change our thoughts? And there's different ways to do it. It can be in our environment. It could be, you know, lots of things in your environment, the foods you eat, sleep you're mm -hmm. getting. I mean, all these different things. But specifically for this episode, we're going to talk about the meditation side. Right. So when we are meditating, we are in this rest and digest, if you will, this parasympathetic nervous system that's now allowing blood to flow back into your prefrontal cortex. And, uh, and essentially, it's going to make us more calm or joyful, uh, make better decisions, and uh, just overall a better person. And so now, um, you know, I can look back at where I was in the fire service and transitioning and learning about meditation. And, and so this has been a journey for me over the last several years, uh, uh, the, the, just the pure changes in my own life, how I react to situations. And... I use this example when I talk about it, but um, I was very good at road raging. <laughs> like everyone would piss me off. It just wouldn't matter. Anything would piss me off. The grocery store, like you name it. And I just had zero compassion for right. people or situations. And it was automatic red every time. And so through this meditation practice, through every day of meditating, um, I started to change. And the thing with the meditation is you don't notice the change in you. The people around you will notice the change before you realize that. So I was on the freeway, five north, in traffic. Someone cuts me off. Kids are in the car. And their response to me is, why didn't you freak out on that car? Why didn't you get mad, Dad? Right. And I'm like, what car? Like, it didn't even, it wasn't even part of my thought process. You know, it just didn't exist anymore. Right. New thoughts, new me. Exactly. <laughs> I'm actually going to touch on that driving point. I was thinking about a conversation I had with a coworker, I landed about reactiveness. And so learning to control our emotional center in our brain, the amygdala, once we can take control of our emotions by using more of our prefrontal cortex, right? Having more pragmatic and rational skills to cope with stress and anxiety, mm -hmm. the less reactive we become, right? Yes. If we can survey and observe the situation that we're in, yes, with presence and mindfulness, we'll get into that later, we will become less reactive, right? So letting stress affect us less, isn't that the goal, right? To be using this like cognitive, beautiful part of our brain. Right. And it causes so much less upheaval with, you know, with the stress and the driving. I feel like that's something everyone can relate to, right? Is getting really pissed when they're driving and there's just no need for it. Right. It's an unnecessary stress. So learning to be less reactive mm -hmm. by letting go of control and things we can't control will change your life. It has made such a difference. And I feel like this is a good starting point for everyone to practice, right? Mm -hmm. Is driving and letting things go. Yes. You're never going to meet control. this person. Right. You're never going to see them again. Yes. They don't matter. We don't know them. Let it go. Exactly. Right? And we'll learn how to do this through breathing and proper control of our emotions, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that reminds me of a... Uh, a situation I may or may not have totally freaked out on some guy in the parking lot and my wife and daughter were in the car and after it was said and done, I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed that I did not have the self-control or strength, the inner strength to stop myself from doing that. 
instead of just automatically reacting. And so now I look at it as an embarrassment that I absolutely don't, I did not have control in that situation. Right. And so now I'm able to, you know, ideally have control, but people still, you know. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> it feels, they're still annoying, but it yeah. feels good to react less, right? We don't need to react yes. to everything, to every right. stimulation we have. If we did, we would be constantly going, going, going. Right. And the whole point of meditation mindfulness is to calm and shut down our brain. So it's mm -hmm. kind of counterproductive to the, everything we're discussing right now. Right. All right, John. So moving forward here, obviously you got into this in the past few years. Mm -hmm. Do you wish you had these practices on lock and you know, started this whole journey while you were a firefighter? Yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, yeah, I, I got into it after I retired, as I, as I talked about. Um, but it has given me a, a skill set now that I've developed that I absolutely could have benefited from uh, being a firefighter. Uh, just the situations I was in. The, the biggest thing would be transitioning from station to home life. Right. And okay. being able to, like, reset myself um, prior to walking in, taking off that hat and putting on the other hat and, um, and just allowing things to be the way they are and a good tool to, to recognize, you know, how I was feeling, what I was going through. Um, the, the positive, I would have looked for more positive in my life. So I would surround myself with that negativity. I let that negativity override and I didn't take mm. the time to truly be present with the things that I really cared about, the things that I was really grateful for that were in front of me the whole time that I just didn't see. I was too caught up in my own selfishness and, and my own thought process. And so to handle situations differently um, right. would have impacted. And so I, I work with first responders now, and, it, and it's cool to see them uh, develop these skills and uh, change the way they operate and see things in just a different light. And that's the biggest thing. You know, the situation hasn't changed. It's just how we perceive it and how we can, um, how we choose to react to that situation because it's up to us, right? Right. Perception's <laughs> everything. We, yeah. we make our own reality and whatever we see is what we're feeling and doing and mm -hmm. we can control that. If we can, we should. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Okay. Talk us through, I feel like this is the big point for everyone is understanding that meditation comes in many forms and modalities and it doesn't yes. just look one way. It's not for one person. It's not for one type of right. situation. So walk us through the different forms of meditation. What does that look like? Okay. From the most basic to a little more extensive. Okay. Um, so some of the most basic meditation that we can do um, is just simply following our breath. And that could just be you know, noticing the inhale, feeling it in the body, the exhale, and, and literally going through that. Maybe just set a timer for yourself to do two minutes to start off with or maybe five minutes and, and work towards increasing that as you go through time. So when I first got started through the Chopra Center, um, we were a mantra-based meditation. And so you would go through their program and you were giving a mantra based on certain factors and, and, and we can get more into that later but but for me i had a mantra and so that mantra i would repeat to myself over and over and over and what that mantra does is provide a grounding tool a point of focus for me and so my mind would drift away from that mantra and then i would recognize it and then i would come back to my mantra and that's the practice of that meditation so the, it, would, it would just constantly be building that muscle over and over and over and so 
the point of that is you, you can't get discouraged. You can't judge yourself. You can't say, I had a bad meditation experience. The fact of you doing that, it's already a step in the right direction. So there's mantra-based um, meditations. Can yeah. I jump yeah. in really quickly yeah, yeah. and ask you, does mantra meditation or any kind of meditation, does it have to look like you sitting down with your legs crossed? Nice. No, absolutely not. Great question. Um, no. <laughs> and I don't, nope. <laughs> I don't want people to think that that's what meditation is and that you have to be sitting a certain way that it's, um, you know, it's, it has to do with religion, has nothing to do with, I mean, you, yes, there's, there's portions of religions that have to deal with that. And, and so meditation could be open to anyone in religion. If you want to be a, a better person in your religion, sure. Um, but no, it doesn't, um, you don't need to do anything like that. And you, and so for me personally, I just sit down on my couch. People sit in their cars and do it, obviously not driving. Um, but I mean, you could do some form of that while driving, but, um, but no, I think I, I think I got that. Perfect. So after mantra meditation, where would you go from there in terms of the different forms? So uh, another one that I really like doing, uh, which anyone can do, especially here in Southern California, and there's just so many cool ways to do this here, go on a hike and go to Torrey Pines and just go on a hike and notice what's around you. Don't listen to your headphones. Don't, um, you know, don't bring a friend. Maybe you can if everyone's on the same page, but listen to your feet. Listen to the way they mark, you know, how it sounds in the gravel. Notice the flowers. Notice when the breeze off the ocean comes and hits you in the face. Notice the smell of everything around you. Maybe it just rained and that smell of the, the you know, the rain. We all know that smell. And, and, and go between those, all of your senses. So between and whatever grabs your attention next. And so you could do that in your backyard or wherever you're at. Just sitting, you could sit down in your, in your home. And just be aware of what sense grabs you next. Like, like just me being in this chair right now, I can feel my butt on the chair. I'm aware of that. I can feel I'm wearing flip flops, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like, oh, my toes are cold. You know, and, and so it's like I'm aware of those things and I'm just moving back and forth between all of those. And so the body scan that's going to be uh, included in the next episode uh, attached to this, I'm going to guide you through your body. I'm going to start with your toes and your feet and your ankles. And the whole idea is that is your, that's where we're grounding you to. That's your point of focus. And so you're not thinking about what's going on tomorrow, the next day, what stresses you have in your life or whatever it is. Your focus is on your body where you're at. Your mind is going to go elsewhere. There's going to be a distraction. There's going to be a bang. There's going to be a crash. There's going to be something that's going to um, want to distract you. And, and you can just name that thing if you want, like, okay, crashing dishes in sink, you know, <laughs> like, all right, check, um, coffee machine going off, check. And then don't let it bother you. Just accept it at that. That's just what, what that is. It's just a thing. That's it. And let it go. And that's the practice is just coming back and forth and then come back to the body, come back to your breath. And, and, uh, next thing you know, you'll eventually fall into, um, a space where you potentially lose this track of time and next thing you know, your time's up. It happens to me. It doesn't happen often, but it does happen and I strive for that. It's almost like I'm chasing it. Like I'm chasing right. what I got the first time. And some days like I'll hit 30 minutes and it's like, boom, it's over. And other days I'm like, 
that's got to be about 30 minutes and I'll open my eyes and it'll be like 20 minutes left. I'm like, oh boy. But I do, I, I force myself in to stay there and sit there um, because I know I'll feel better the rest of the day. if I, I won't react to situations that I would normally react to if I don't do that daily. Right. So we went over mantra meditation, guided meditations, the walking, which is a form of moving meditation. Yes. Are there any others you want to touch on? Uh, yeah, you know, let's do one right now. This is, um, it's called box breathing. And okay. some of you may be familiar with this. And so what we're going to do here is we're going to, we're going to breathe in for four seconds. We're going to hold for four seconds. We're going to breathe out for four seconds. And then we're going to hold for four seconds. So in your mind, you can be drawing a box. Um, that's what we call it, box breathing. <laughs> four equal sides. And so uh, let's do it right now. If you're driving, you can even do it too. Um, you know? All right, you ready? I'm Three, ready. two, <laughs> okay. one, let's go. So breathe in for four. One, two, three, four. Hold for four. One, two, three, four. Breathe out for four. Two, three, four. And hold for four. Two, three, four. So we'll continue to do that cycle. So I'm not going to have you guys do that. Well, we can do it. You can even look it up. But try to do that for two minutes. If you have a stressful event you're going into, a competition or presentation or whatever it is, allow yourself two minutes prior to that to box breathe. And if you forget about the whole box breathing thing, another little quick little hack is um, two breaths in, let it out. And that kind of activates, not kind of, <laughs> it activates, it, it, it triggers your body to, to slow it down. And so when you think about a little kid crying, and at the very end, maybe yourself when you're a little kid, and then you're like, <sighs> <laughs> you know, and a little lip moving back and forth. Well, think about it. That's what the body's doing. It's like resetting itself from that hyper state that I was in, like this, this you know. So that's a very innate and inherent response, right, to calm mm -hmm. our breathing, to slow our. Yeah. The, the breath is so powerful. Like it is just so powerful to control situations. Um and so you'll, you'll find yourself in a, in a nervous situation. You may not be breathing. And I've actually heard during like Corona, and I don't know if this is true or not, like people actually like passing out at their desk because they're holding their breath and like falling over. Sadly <laughs> enough, I believe that. We hold on to so much stress in our bodies and minds without even being aware of it. So yes. it all starts with being mindful, right? That's what we're practicing here. Mm -hmm. All right, John. So situation here. Let's say it's my first time meditating. I've never meditated before. How do I get started? What do you recommend in terms of the best modality or way? And for how long? Is, are okay. we doing two minutes to start, ten minutes? What do you recommend? Okay. So um, number one thing is to, to, to do it and keep doing it. Right? So, so consistency. We, consistency is, is clutch in this. So if you're going to do it, you'll see this all the time with like 21-day challenges or whatever it is. Commit to yourself to do it. Don't quit after the first time because nothing happened. You can't judge this by a one-time thing so for you as a new beginning meditator i would i would work with you i would i would inform you to when you meditate to sit down somewhere quiet that you're not going to be disturbed okay um ideally your feet are on the ground and you are in a sitting you're sitting up you're in a restful awareness we like to call it so you're you're resting, but you're still alert, right? And you obviously, if you're comfortable, you would have your eyes closed. 
uh, some of the population I work with, that's not a good idea to have our eyes closed. So I would recommend you look down at a 45 degree angle and, and just kind of, you know, just kind of focus on the ground in front of you. Um, a little warning, if you are meditating and it's like overwhelming and something comes up that you weren't expecting, then simply just open your eyes and come back to where you are and realize that you are in a safe space, safe place. Um, if that does happen, feel free to reach out to me uh, or to let someone else know because there might be something else going on that uh, that just kind of bubbled up that you weren't aware of. So that's a good piece of advice. Yeah. And in terms of the length, what do you what do you think? So um, getting started, why don't you just try ten minutes? Okay. Try 10, 10 minute meditation, uh, and then build from there. Are people setting their alarms? Are they going based off what? How? What I would recommend is uh, uh, downloading. There's multiple apps out there. So there's Insight Timer, there's 10% Happier, there's uh, Headspace, there's all these different applications out there. There's, there's no reason why that shouldn't be uh, an excuse that you weren't able to find something. And so those will guide you through stuff. Guided meditation was where I would recommend you start okay, until great. you build um, your own practice and uh, you know, you're comfortable with that. All right, in terms of do's and don'ts, do you have any tips and tricks should we ideally do this outside? Should we do this with no noise around us or no music? Or give mm. us some do's and don'ts basics. Um, so do's, uh, basically what I just said, don't give up. Don't judge yourself. Don't expect results immediately. The results will come to you um, by someone else telling you about, hey, what's different about you? You know, um, The don'ts, um, depending on what you're doing, you may want to be inside in a quiet space. If you're using your mantra-based meditation, you may want to be inside in a quiet space where you know you're not going to be disturbed. If you are, um, you know, if you're doing an open awareness or something mental noting, which I kind of talked about mm -hmm. a little bit, but, you know, naming things as they happen may be easier to be outside right. and, and listening to that. Um, but the, really the whole point of this is that you want to be present with whatever you're doing and, and not give up and not judge yourself for feeling like you didn't get it. And the thing, too, is that you are not stopping your thoughts. That that's not <laughs> – you just can't do it, right? That was my next question. <laughs> what happens if a thought comes in when I'm trying to It just to happens, and you just come back. You just go back to where you, whatever you're doing. So we don't, we don't – do we address it or do we not address it? Yeah, you like, and you could even say, that's a thought. You could even throw a label on it, thought, and like come back to like your mantra or your breath or whatever it is. And so it could be like inhale, thought, 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 exhale. And so there's one meditation. It's called a, uh, awareness of breath with counting. And so if you were to inhale, one, exhale, two, inhale, three, exhale, four. And then you realize that your mind had wandered. Your goal is to get to 10. Bet you can't do it. And that's okay. And Challenge then, <laughs> accepted. And that's the practice of it, that you get to um, just continually work on that. So let's say you set a timer for 15 minutes, mm -hmm. and I'm going to do awareness of breath for you know, however long I can make it for those 10 seconds. So inhale one, exhale two, and then your mind. And then it's okay. It'll wander. So... Um, yeah. All right. So what would you tell someone who has said something like, Hey John, I've tried meditating and I haven't seen any change. This doesn't work. What am I doing wrong? Yeah. I would want to know. I hate this stuff. 
You're like, whoa, man, you need to meditate. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, there's a, there's a, a saying out there, a little quote. I, I don't know who said it, but it's like, uh, you should meditate 20 minutes a day unless you're too busy. Then you should meditate for an hour. Love it. And it's just like, if you're, if you're feeling that way, then you should absolutely be uh, thinking about what you're doing and, and maybe even try to force yourself, if you will. Um, don't give up. There's changes in it. Believe me. Old John to new John, there's a few changes. <laughs> in terms of this change, other than reactiveness, which we touched on before, yeah. what other change can people expect to see outside of the scientific jargon stuff about mm -hmm. the amygdala and hippocampus? Yeah. And what, what kind of change are we looking for that we can notice on a daily basis or maybe when we're alone on emotional, cognitive, psychological? Yeah, there's... How do we notice change? So you may notice change in your body and okay. just how, how that um, blood pressure and sleeping, you may notice the sleeping thing right away. You may be sleeping better uh, almost immediately, oh, which right. I found uh, for me, I, I, I sleep better. And so, um, you know, it's, you, you don't react to situations the same way. And then you see, I don't know how it works, <laughs> but like, <laughs> I'm just a nicer person than I used to be. And I honestly look for the good in things and not the bad in things where I would right. so put my focus before, where I would try to find the bad in things because I thought that's, I don't know why I thought that, but I just did. I was super judgmental of a lot of things. And so now like that just doesn't exist. I mean, like it used to, it doesn't it's just, I want to be, you want, you, you'll want to constantly be in this joyous state. It's a joyous state. And it's just something that's coming from the inside of me, hence the podcast. And yes. I mean, those are these names, right? So that's an inside job. And so like um, people think that happiness and, um, you know, their desires are going to be met through outside stimulus and through, hey, I need this new car or shirt or a purse or new pair of shoes in my case <laughs> or a hat, too many hats. Um <laughs> But, you know, that's temporary. And, you know, it's it's the peace that it's the joy that's inside of me that that makes me happy no matter what I have. And that's something that's definitely new that's that's come from the meditation. I think you hit on that really well, because some of the best things in life we, we can't explain. Right. So mm -hmm. me asking you, what changes have you noticed? Sometimes it's hard to articulate what you're feeling. It, it, it's so deep inside of you. It's just something that you radiate you know, within yourself and to others mm -hmm. and you can't really put your finger on it. And those are some of the best joys in life, right? Love. Yeah. Like right. how do you explain love? It's right. this kind of conceptual madness, right? Where it doesn't make sense when you say it out loud. It's just something you feel. Right. And that's what this is about everybody. So if you are getting frustrated or irritated that, you know, meditation or mindfulness isn't effective for you at this point, mm -hmm. be consistent. I don't want to say stay disciplined because that makes it sound like a chore and this should not be a chore. Right. But keep going because you will feel changes if you are taking this seriously yeah. and really trying to implement it into your life, right? Mm -hmm. And I think one way, actually, John, when you were talking before, it made me think of active listening. I think once you start becoming more mindful and practicing meditation, with being less reactive, you're also just letting people flow. You're holding space for others. Yes. So when people are talking... You're not waiting to interject to say your next thing, right? Because if you're waiting to interject, you're usually not listening. Mm -hmm. You're just waiting for your turn. So I think realizing that everybody has turns and holding space and everyone's going to get to say their turn. And if not, 
that's okay. But yeah. being really present in that moment so you're not missing these little things and little joys with people right. is going to be huge, right? And gaining right. social, romantic, you know, interpersonal relationships. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, I've, I've heard that once that there's three conversations that we're having right now. The one in my head, your head, and the one we're actually having. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but if we were aware of that and I'm mindfully listening to you right. as we discuss that. And one other thing I want to touch on too about that is um, ideally you want to meditate sitting up and you don't want to do it laying down. Although okay. <laughs> the body scan one we're going to do, it would be fine if you're laying down on that one. Don't do this, but do this. Yeah, for this one only. Yes. Um, because you don't want to um, – you don't want to – let your body think that meditation is time for relaxation and sleep time. So if you fall, if you're constantly falling asleep while you're meditating, that's a sign that you're not getting enough sleep. So you need to, rec- you know, kind of look into your own life of like, all right, what am I, what, what do I need to change to get more rest? So that's just a signal to be aware of. Um, you know, this is something that, that, and I, we touched on a little bit before, but these, these cycles of thought that we're having you're always going to have the same cycle of thought, same cycle of thought, unless something changes or new. But how are you going to be aware that you need a new thought if you're constantly in the same cycle of thought, same cycle of thought? So what meditation has done for me and a lot of people that I've worked with and know in the, in the community, that it provides a space, an opportunity for a new thought, a new idea. So you've heard that term before, like, oh, let me, let me meditate on it or Right. Let me sleep on it or whatever they're going to do, but they're going to allow that thought to be introduced into their head or an idea and then grow from that. So like if I, like in the mornings, if I I want to just like even this podcast, like, you know, how do I make this a good podcast or whatever? And just allow a space for new thoughts to come in. And that, and the, the bigger, the more space I give things, the more ideas I can have. So it's going to increase your creativity. If you're a creative person, this is just going to expand that. You know, to and we want level. that. You do. <laughs> we want to be less stagnant. We want to grow. We want to progress. And the only way to do so is making room and making space yeah. to being open for new yeah. thoughts, right? Yeah. New, yeah. new activities and new learned behaviors to come in. Right. Like when I was a firefighter, I didn't have too many extra thoughts. <laughs> I shouldn't say it like that. But it was like... Me fight fires. <laughs> help people. Me smash wall. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Whatever. But... <laughs> so, but it was like, I had my system. I would be on for two days. I'd do that. I'd come home. You know, routine, 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 routine. And but there were, at no point in there was like me sitting down to reflect on, on a new opportunity, new thought, new new ideas. And I can tell you over the last few years as I've been meditating, the new ideas and thoughts and, 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 um, have just been flooding in. I mean, it's just been great. It's so cool. And I just, I want everyone to have it. So do it. (laughs) And one of the last questions I have for you, John, I think most of us live in a world where our minds and they're always racing. We always have something on our mind, whether that's what are we eating next? Who do we need to go have a meeting with? What are we, you know, whatever it is for the day, whether that's work, social, personal. So let me ask you this. Is it ideal to meditate when your mind is racing with thoughts? Is that an ideal time? Or should we wait until we're more in a decompressed kind of mode? Good question. Um, so what I do, what, you, what I would recommend is you meditate first thing in the morning. Okay. When you wake up. Okay. And so before you do anything. So like I discussed in the last episode, I wake up. And I go and 
I drink my water, and then I sit on the couch, and that's when I meditate. Right off the bat, set my day up right from the very beginning. And so from Chopra education, they would advise you, you would 30 in the morning and 30 at night. Mm-hmm. Um, I rarely meditate at night, but I do reflect on my day at night, on like what went well, what didn't go well, but give an opportunity to kind of reflect on that, um, see if there's things I would change. What I would recommend in the situations where I'm like, oh my God, I'm too stressed out, my I go, I can't think right now. Implement your breath. Activate your body so you don't even have a choice in it. So breathe. Do the box breathing. Do the two inhales. Do that stuff to um, to look. There's a Google this. There's a, a LeBron James video out there of him breathing in the finals. And he's sitting on the side, or not the sideline, but the court side. He's got his eyes closed and he's breathing. He's, you know, if this, if he's going to do it, one of the, right. you know, then obviously there's something that's jam, out jam. there, right? Mm-hmm. So check in with your breathing, control that you can control your breathing. And so that'll activate your body. So that's what I would recommend in that situation. Beautiful. All right. To cap this baby off a quick yes. bang, bang synopsis, <laughs> sitting up, ideally 10 minutes yes. in the morning, yes. paying attention to your breath, letting your thoughts flow, letting them go. Yes. Nice. Were those the main ones? Those are good. I would say start at 10, but strive for 30. Strive for 30. 30 minutes. Yeah, every morning. I'm challenging you, too. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm held accountable. All right. We'll start with 10 with you. I feel like like 10 is a good start. Yeah, it's good. Well, right on, everyone. I'm I'm happy I got to share this information with you today. Like I said, there's plenty of... uh, opportunity to reach out to me if you want to know more i'm happy to answer any questions you may have um thanks for joining us anything else jess tune into episode three where john's going to take you through that body scan meditation let us know your reviews what you thought of it what you'd like to improve on and how this has already helped once you've been practicing practicing this consistently sweet all right everybody be zesty (laughs) right on see you guys